I'm sure most of you have heard what's going on in Israel. And uh, I actually had friends on a plane that were heading there, um, and they were over Greenland and got turned around and had to come back home. Uh, my buddy, who's a pastor up in Washington State, uh, was taking a group uh, of 50 there um, to Israel and, uh, and wasn't able to go. So they turned the plane around. He came back. Um, you know, this is uh, expected in the days that we live in. The enemy is going to come against Israel is going to come against the United States also. Um, obviously, they can't come the way that they did in Israel because they're right there across the border. They just come. But they'll find some way to make life miserable because this isn't some group called Hamas or Hezbollah or Islamic Jihad. Oh yeah, that's their names that they're using. But it's led by their leader, Satan. He is the leader of the satanic oppression that's going on all over the world. And the Middle East is just the center, the focus for that attention. The Middle East is where this has been going on for so long. Uh, this isn't something new. Israel lives with it every single day. It just gets worse at times. Uh, this is one of the worst times for them right now, and what's going on is tragic. It's horrific. If it were happening in the United States, we probably would be um, doing something devastating quickly. You know, when Hiroshima and Nagasaki happened, it was horrible because of how many people died in these atomic blasts that took place in Japan. It was in response to what they did, and it was overwhelming in response to what they did. It was an overwhelming force of energy that was devastating. It did much more damage than Japan could have ever done to the United States. But it showed them that don't mess around with us. You know, you're, you're fighting the wrong people. Israel can't do that. Israel can't use that overwhelming force because as soon as they do, everyone starts complaining. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, you're being unfair. We've seen that already happen where some of the people that are in our government have already said, oh, we should call for a ceasefire now. Now? Now we're going to call for the ceasefire. After they have done their damage, kidnapped people, now we're going to call for a ceasefire. You know, then they're going to do this again in another year, another six months, or however long. Now, I'm not being political right now. Uh, I don't care where you sit politically, whether you're right or left or middle, it doesn't really matter. What we're talking about are people that are now being attacked for no reason. Israel is not an oppressor state. I've been there many times. You can walk through Jerusalem 
and you can go through the four quarters of Jerusalem. You go through the Arab sector, and they're all living there in peace in Jerusalem. Arabs right there, Muslims living right there in and among all of the other people that live there. The Jews, the Armenians, they, they all live in this area, and they all, well, they don't all get along, they, but they all dwell with each other. And here, in, even in Fountain Hills, we have people that are on all sides of the spectrum politically, but we dwell with each other. We're not constantly looking to fight each other, except, of course, if you park at Safeway and you go over the line and, uh, you know, come on, get in the lines. No. See, we, we, we get so nitpicky about silly things. Uh, when you look and see what's going on in Israel, it, it makes everything else just seem like, why do we even complain about these things? Why do we worry about these things? They live with this threat 24-7 in Israel. They're not an oppressive oppressor state as many believe oh well they um, you know they are the occupiers so then we are the occupiers of Arizona which was Mexican land when the Mexican-American war happened and we won and we took the land now so should we give it back any of you that want to sign your property over um, to someone in Mexico, go right ahead. But um, that doesn't make any sense. That's not how societies work. And Israel is just defending itself and protecting itself. And uh, so I am being a little political in that regard because I believe that even though Israel doesn't walk with the Lord in the way that it should, they're not followers of Jesus Christ yet. Um, they will be eventually because they're going to find out that Jesus Christ is Lord. It, it's going to be tragic for them because two-thirds of the Jews will be killed at the time they realize that Jesus Christ is Lord. One third of them will flee and be protected and saved, but two thirds of them will die. And that's, that's very sad, but this is biblical. This is what we've been studying for years in this place. I share this information not so that we know what's going to happen and it's all part of the future. It, it's because we can pray for them uh, you know, we can um, try to understand what God's plan is and so that we won't fall apart when we see it happening before our very eyes. So what we're seeing right now is very tragic in Israel. It, it's devastating. It's painful to watch what's going on there. Pray for them. I, you know, I, I, I prayed this morning, Lord, you know, save Hamas, those people that are doing this, make them aware of your love, even for them. Even for that enemy, they can be saved. 
If not, punch them in the mouth, break their jaw. I, you know, I, I, I just feel like praying like David did. You know, wipe out the enemy. You know, if they're not going to um, repent, uh, then go ahead and take them out because what they're doing is wrong. It's evil, regardless of who the opposition is, who they are fighting, it's evil. And so uh, I think that uh, it's safe for us to say that neither side are Christian, neither side are. But we know what God's plan is for the future. So we know who God's people are and we should be fully behind them. We should be supportive of them. We should pray for them. And we should also share the love of Jesus with them. And I know many people that are, that are there doing that very thing. So, um, so that's what's going on in the world. It's uh, frightening because if it can happen there, it can happen here. It'll just happen in a different way. The enemy will find another way to devastate our country, to hurt our country. And with the open border to the south, I don't know how many, we catch people all the time that are on the terrorist watch list coming across the border. We catch them all the time. How many are we not catching that are coming across the border? I don't say these things to cause fear. Uh, there, there is no reason to fear because I believe wholeheartedly God is still in control. It's just the fact that the world, Christians even, are turning their back on God at this time in history. Right now what I, um, I've been looking at studies and all of the numbers and right now... Um, our country, who 60% claim to be Christian, uh, in reality, 17% of Christians in our country actually believe the Bible is true and that Jesus is the Son of God and that uh, we can live by biblical standards that we should apply biblical 17%. The rest of those people who call themselves Christians believe that the Bible is just suggestions or they don't even know what the Bible says. 35% of them don't know what the Bible says because they never read the Bible. And so we have the advantage. We study the Word of God we understand what the Word of God says, and we apply it to our lives. In doing so, then we can see the fruit of what the Bible tells us is true. Now, if this is your first time here, this may seem a little shocking uh, th th that I don't do this every Sunday. This Sunday, I just feel compelled to do that because of what's going on in Israel and the state of our country today. The state of our country is such where uh, we are not looking for the truth. We're not seeking after s solutions to the problem. Do you know why? 
all of the solutions that we're coming up with are either political, economical, they're man's solutions to a spiritual problem. Our problem is spiritual. It's the fact that we've lost sight of who God is and who Jesus is. We've lost sight of all that and we're trusting everything to men to solve the problem. Even the most godly man, if he became president of the United States, it would not solve a single problem in just having him there. It has to be a concerted effort of Christians, of believers, that actually want to make a difference. It starts at the bottom, not at the top. And so it starts with hearts of people looking to follow and serve a loving God, and then God applies his plan to our lives. That's what we're going to be studying today in the book of Romans. Lord, we pray for Israel right now. We pray for the people that are kidnapped, that are being held hostage. Lord, protect them. We pray that they would be saved. That not only saved physically, but saved spiritually, Lord. Reveal yourself to them. We pray for those who are defending Israel. Give them wisdom, discernment, strength, cunning, clarity. May they know what to do next. Lord, we pray for the enemy. We do pray that their efforts would fail. And Lord, that you would be seen as the one who makes them fail. Not that it's the great army of Israel or air force of Israel, but it's the God of the children of Israel that is protecting them. Lord, we don't know what's going to happen in the near future, but we know that you're aware of everything. May you be glorified through what takes place. Protect your people. We pray for the Christians that are in that land on both sides of the fence. Lord, we pray that you would protect them and remind them that they have unity in Jesus Christ no matter where they live, whether they live in Gaza or whether they live in Israel. Remind them that they're brothers and sisters in Christ. And Father, we look forward to seeing how you're going to resolve this issue. 